Welcome to the Watch and Learn Show, where we talk about life lessons we learn from movies new and old, and we have a bit of fun along the way. And now, here's the host, Sky and Dusty. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and I'm joined by my brother, Dusty. Dusty, I have to ask you a question. Which is your favorite Frank Dukes move out of these three? Number one, snatching the coin from Hossein's hand. Number two, doing splits between two, two chairs in the apartment. And then number three was uh, uh, perfectly serving tea blindfolded. Huh. I would have to say it would be the splits. I thought you were going to add in the nut shot, you know, do splits and do the nut shot. That was pretty phenomenal. Ah! I know that was good. Look at his fist. (laughs) But uh, it's definitely the splits. That was pretty phenomenal. See, having the strength to do that is is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. And there were two. How about you? What do you you think? Yes. um, Out of those three, I really like the splits as well, of course. Who doesn't, right? Jean-Claude Van Damme is known for his splits. Do you remember that like BMW or volkswagen commercial whatever it was those two trucks backing up and him doing the Brilliant. split crazy good commercial like he's known Brilliant. worldwide for his split oh, you know? so well, i think pausing. that's it yes everybody if you are listening to this you have to see this phenomenal video type in like go to youtube and type in jean-claude van damme um trucks or splits or something like that and it's a commercial but it's literally centered on his face and he is standing on two different trucks and it's centered on his face, but you can only see his face. And then it pans out. It looks phenomenal because you see his face and you see what's going on in the background a little bit. You don't know what's going on. As it pans out, you see he's standing on two different trucks as they are currently moving, going really fast. And they slowly separate. So he's standing with the legs together. And then he slowly separates and separates and separates further and further. Eventually, he's doing the splits. Now, I don't know if it's CG. I don't know if it's real or anything like that. Because if he fell, he would die. Like, semis will run him over. It'll be bad. But he eventually ends in the splits and holding himself up. It was phenomenal. Very, very well done. For sure it was. Now, Dust, I don't know if you remember, but a long time ago in episode 20, we talked about our five defining childhood movies. And my guess for you, this is before we talked about our list of five. My guess for you was that Bloodsport was your number four movie directly after Ghostbusters and before Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you know, so that was my guess back in the day. But thinking about at the end of last episode, you said we loved Bloodsport as a kid. We're going to see what we think of it now. What do you think of this movie now? Having seen it, I mean, 1988 means you were nine years old at the time when it came out. You saw it, I guarantee, when you were nine. We saw it on VHS for sure. You've probably seen it every few years since then but what do you think of this movie now being um a, a 40 uh two year old now <laughs> no i'm 41 oh, 41 my bad my bad yeah <laughs> um okay usa <laughs> <laughs> i really now going back so everybody watching this if you're on the watch and learn podcast.com forward slash YouTube. You can see on YouTube, I'm wearing an American flag shirt and you know, Frank Dukes all the way deuce, my man. <laughs> so good. Um, as going through it all over again, you can definitely see the difference in cinematography, um, acting corniness of some things like the kid. Frank Dukes is 
you told to show me how to play or how to uh, karate or stuff like that. It was just, it was so hokey. But then again, the whole story, it's a rather entertaining story. It tells you the story from beginning to end, how he got to where he is. Now, back when I was a kid, because I watched it literally like two or three dozen times, it'd be an A+. Now I'm giving it, it obviously it's older, but I'm going to give it an A+. A solid A, just because it drops a little notch because I was, uh, you know, being a kid, it was phenomenal. But I get a solid A because it's very entertaining, good storyline, fun action. You have the big Chinese dude with those big, huge pecs, big traps. Like, he's huge. Chung Lee was amazing. Um, or Chun Lee was amazing. And all the characters in there, you have the guy, the, um, uh, his friend. Um, Ray Jackson. Ray. Is it Ray? Ray Jackson, fun. Also, you have what's the, what's the black guy's name? Um, he's been in many movies. Um, he was in oh, uh, the, the, the FBI agent or Forrest Whitaker. Yes, he's a good actor too. He was obviously a uh, um, new or seemed like a new agent. The older guy was a little different, but in all, I'm going to give it an A just because mo- mostly out of nostalgia. But I can definitely watch all those fight scenes over the slow motion, him spinning and twisting and kicking and. All that stuff, getting that nut shot, we're like, ah, and then looking at his fist. I was like, wow, that is so much fun. What about you? I still give it an A plus, man. I absolutely love this movie. If you're into action movies, and if you have any, like, you you could be born in 1991, right? And you're watching this podcast or listening to it right now at 19 years old. You probably still can have some kind of appreciation for action movies from the 80s. We talked about Tango and Cash. We did Bloodsport. We talked about other 80s movies like Goonies and stuff. I mean, the 80s were a great time for cinema. And this is peak martial arts 80s movie for me. Highly recommended. A plus all the way. And I understand what you're saying, like the, the hokiness of some aspects, but that's what makes it fun and enjoyable, it that does. kind of stuff, right? right? It gives it its own special flavor. It's not like a, I mean, I, I don't know, it's not like a spit and polished movie, right? There's some little chinks in the armor, but those chinks make it so much more lovely and fun to watch. And I'm telling you, I watched it with my boys. They loved it. Denise, my wife, still loves it as well. It's a, it's a good family fun <laughs> movie, you know? Awesome. I, I watched it by myself. I'll probably have to have the boys watch it with me. It's I, I can absolutely watch it again. Um, I guess, you know, bring it down just a little bit of notch. It really also comes down to, and I really want to talk about the movie. This might be a little longer episode because after watching the movie, everybody knows this is based on a true story. Because at the very end, you see Jean-Claude Van Damme at the very end, you know, doing his pose on the plane. And it says, Frank Deuce did this and this, he's the only person to do this and all that sort of stuff. And so we're like, Dude, this is a cool, true story. Obviously, it might be embellished for a movie, movie sake, storytelling, and all that sort of stuff. So what I started to do was, after I watched the movie a couple nights ago, I just typed it in. I wanted to watch like any old videos or anything about it. I found out. Now, this is all alleged. Allegedly, Frank Dukes is a con man. This is all. This is alleged. All of this is based on his con he wrote a book about himself, totally conning everybody. Then they turned into a script, or he turned into a script, and they went to a movie movie uh, studio. They produced it, and then it's live now. But it's all based on allegedly. I'm not. I don't want to get in trouble because he's very Sue happy. Uh, Frank Dukes is um, very Sue happy. Apparently, being, when he says he's in the military, he's even said he's got purple hearts. He's even like he said he got loads, loads and loads of things. But if you go and like read what people have said, I, I haven't done much research. I've just read about what people say um, he's given himself so much acclaim. You know, 
hey, the the um, uh, federal government's put a lot of money into you, Frank. We need you back. Like th- we know it's really super serious. Apparently, he was very not allegedly again allegedly not very good um, in the military. Never got Purple Hearts. Never got awarded. Never got anything like that. And he, Frank Dew, says, well. The military, the government is trying to hide this because of all the amazing things that I've done. Like, okay. And then you try to find Kumute. There's no such thing as the Kumute. We just kind of assume it is, and it's a hidden thing. But the IWI or I or whatever the organization that heads up the Kumute, if you go to the website, I, I believe, at least this is what I've, I've been reading, the website is founded by Frank Dukes. So it's like everything, it's, it's, it's like my mind was blown. I was like, what? I've grown up with this being the one of the best action movies, karate movies ever. And then all of a sudden, this is all based on somebody's con. What? Crazy. But what's interesting, if you like they they do have some like you watch on YouTube, some fights that uh it shows Frank Dukes actually be in. He doesn't seem horrible, but he doesn't seem as phenomenal. Like he he's just in a he seems like a karate kid type of guy. And it's just, you know, the camera's really far away. You can barely see it's kind of him. But, he, you know, he gets some points and stuff like that. But, dude, based on a con. Wow. What are your thoughts? Allegedly. Allegedly based on a con. That is interesting. Now, I remember at the end of the movie, it says that Frank Dukes had 12,000 knockouts. What was the number? Was it 12,000? It was like 300, 360 undefeated. And, and uh, as far as fights, like 360 fights undefeated, um, like half of them were knockouts or more. He had like the fastest KO being like 0.8 seconds, fastest punch with a KO. Like he, they listed out a whole bunch of stuff, but that's literally him writing in his own autobiography of what he did, not allegedly, not substantiated at all. Interesting. You know, I isn't that just crazy? That is crazy. I would uh I'm willing to believe that that he really isn't the hero that he just created this. I mean, if you think about it back in the 80s, who knows when he wrote the book? He might have written the book that in 81 and eventually in 88 got turned into a movie, whatever. We didn't have the internet. You don't have ways to verify things. Anybody could say anything back in the day and you just kind of have to accept it's true. Or maybe if you know the guy's a compulsive liar, he's a liar. You don't believe anything, right? But if it's up on screen like that and we think Frank Dukes is a hero, he defeated everybody in the Kumite and you you tend to believe, especially when it says based on a real story at the end or whatever, you know? Yep. He even, Frank Dukes, even created... His own style of karate had his own studio. It's Duke's Ryu is what it's called. And honestly, I mean, all, everything that I read, every, all the videos, like there, people are being sued by Frank to, to shut up, to not say things or defamation, that type stuff, because this is all a legend. But you know, if the government, the government can't and doesn't hide that stuff. Like if you got a purple heart, they're going to say you got a purple heart. Why would they cover that up? Um, allegedly he said that and allegedly they, he said that the government said, no, we did not ever give him that. And anyways, so really, really crazy stuff. But on top of that, not on top, because it may be a side part thinking about the movie creation process. Um, I was learning about Jean-Claude Van Damme and this was his first thing. He didn't speak very much English at all. He came over here. Um, he wanted to be an actor, um, working out really hard. He even trained with, um, Chuck Norris. Did you know that? Nope. Yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme, he was a sparring partner or like a, a punching bag. You know, he would hold the bag. He'd also fight against him and stuff, but he was 
pretty apparently pretty decent at um, karate. And so he fought with Chuck Norris or, you know, trained with him and helped him out and stuff like that. But um, uh, he's definitely an actor. Jean-Claude Van is a really, I wouldn't say a great actor or anything like that, but he's very good at what he does at his roles that he plays. He does it really good. And this movie, excuse me, was really, really fun. And so everything throughout this entire movie, you see that it was basically, he wanted to be an actor, went to, in front of a producer and producer said, Hey, do we have that script for blood sport? Give me that script, <laughs> grab the script. Literally gives it, hey, you know, maybe this might be good for you. They didn't even have plans to do it. Gives it to him, reads it, and actually, at, you know, says yes. They they do it all, like they film it all. And then in the end, at the very end of the movie, they were screening it. And apparently it was edited horribly, or they call it cut, but it was edited horribly that people couldn't understand. It was just crazy. So uh, Jean-Claude Vaudin begged to help recut the entire movie recut the entire movie made it what it is it's still a great movie but all that stuff outside that just like wow can't believe this is all based allegedly on a con that is something else man you know when you go to the wikipedia page um uh for bloodsport it says that this movie you know was made in 1988 blah 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 and it has since become a cult hit to me cult means at the time when it first came out, it got hardly anybody viewing it, but eventually it picked up an audience and people started to love it. And over time, 10, 20, 30 years later, but to us growing up, this was like a real, like, this is a full on movie. This was like commando in theaters or whatever, you know, this was like another, uh, uh lethal weapon. Like this is a big movie. I would have never thought that people would consider this a cult classic. To me, as soon as we saw it on VHS, we absolutely loved it. I thought this movie was the real deal, especially since from this point forward, now Jean-Claude Van Damme is a big name. He does Cyborg, he does Kickboxer, he does Universal Soldier. I mean, he goes on and on. Big time actor. I don't think of this as a cult movie, do you? No, and absolutely not. And I think that's mistaken from Wikipedia because watching Jean-Claude Van Damme, he said, literally, Bloodsport was what got me. Like that was, that blew up. It was a good, it was a, not necessarily a good movie, but like that got him to be prominent. That's where he got started getting in movies. Another really interesting thing about John Van Damme, um, I just really liked him. I, I really loved him as the character of Frank Dukes. And so I've always tried to like follow along a little bit. So what was really interesting, he was the highest paid actor at one point. And then there was another actor that came and commanded more money. Can you just imagine who it was back in like, let's say 95 ish, 96, 97 ish. Well, when you say 97, I'm just thinking Will Smith and independence day. No, not even close. Well, well, I don't know about Will Smith, but Bruce Willis from Die Hard. But that was before this, before Bloodsport. It's not even a movie you would expect. Oh, think of, I know it. Jim Carrey cable guy or the mask. <laughs> you are so close. You are not even, it's not even funny. Oh my God. It wasn't cable guy. It wasn't the mask. It was Jim Carrey. Liar, liar. <gasps> he was the highest paid actor in liar, liar. So track with me here. You have obviously a bunch of different actors getting paid differently. Jean-Claude Van Damme, Movie after movie after movie. Lionheart, remember that one? I mean, he's got movie after movie, getting better and better, getting more and more money. And then he starts to get a big head. And he was even, like, he did start Street Fighter as well. He starts to get a pretty big head. And then Jim Carrey comes out. He gets paid the most. I can't remember what it was. It was something ridiculous, but the highest ever, literally the highest ever paid man um, acting. And then Jean-Claude Van Damme said, I'm going to beat that. Like, he, he's not better than me. 
I, I'm going to command that. And so every single movie that got pitched to him, he upped above what Jim Carrey got. And everybody, I wouldn't say blackballed him, but possibly just said, we can't work with him anymore. He's just, he's ridiculous. He's not going to be able to make that much money. He's not better than Jim Carrey. So he got blackballed and he just went down, allegedly went downhill. Uh, sorry, not downhill. Stop getting movies because he was asking way too much money. And they finally said, fine, we'll find somebody else that could do it cheaper. And that's what they did. And, and that's, that's how when Steven Seagal stepped in. Because <laughs> 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 it was almost like, you know, uh, uh, John Cavanaugh's going and going, 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 going. All of a sudden, <laughs> and down. You just, where do you go? Yep. But that's apparently what it was. But there was something interesting in an interview that John Klein Van Damme said. He's, somebody asked him the question, so, John, we've heard stories of an elaborate, an elaborate um, and a huge expense for its one specific shot, lots of explosions, everything going on, and everything's going. And it, you flub a line and you say, and you personally yell cut because you flub a line. Is that true? And John Klein Van Damme, being older and a little more... Um, uh, introspective said, you know what? I don't remember that, but probably that's how I was back then. <laughs> that's probably how I was. I would just say cut and just like, we just spent all this money blowing everything up. Like what? Yeah. But um, it's really interesting learning all this stuff. Now let's get back to the actual movie. Um, who was your, this reminds me of like a street fighter type of movie. And it's so much fun. What, who is your favorite other than Frank Deuce? Cause it's easy to pick him. Who's your favorite fighter out of all of them? Is it the monkey guy that acts like a monkey or uh, who's your favorite guy? That's an interesting question. It might be the monkey guy. I'm not a big fan of the big E-Honda Japanese sumo wrestler guy. He's okay. The tall, black, skinny guy was really goof, like really weird looking, you know. Um, there was a maybe Hossein who is just a bad guy for bad guy's sake. The girl, the woman that plays his uh, Jean-Claude's love interest in the movie, he's trying to pick her up and take her up to his room in the bar. Maybe I like him just because stereotypical bad guy just being bad for no good reason. And the guy that you want to see get his butt kicked, and he's the one who uh, Jean-Claude got it, or Frank Dukes gets his uh, world record knockout with. You know, So maybe he's my favorite of all the uh, martial art competitors awesome i for some reason i i love to hate this guy it's the boxer guy from like i don't know morocco or france or you know the guy, the guy that's that, doing that, the kickboxing sure. yeah yeah he, yeah he touches you know touches glove or uh fist to uh frank dukes and then punches him uh, for some reason like he sticks out of my mind the most out of all the other fighters not saying that i actually like him like being like i would pick him um, but it was really fun for some reason. Like he always sticks out in my mind, but Ray Jackson's phenomenal too. I loved Ray Jackson's character. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, if I had to choose just one Ray Jackson would be it besides Frank Dukes, of course, but he's like, he's one of the main actors. You got to go with some of the little guys. And I think that kickboxer, you guy from Morocco, maybe he's is so memorable because they have that awesome scene where they're just budding, you know, shins back and forth, just kicking, kicking, kicking. Oh, no, no. They were kicking each other in the side. They were kicking each other in the side. He's like, yeah, come on. You can do what? Oh, baby. that's right. Boom, boom. Yeah. That was so fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. And so that's, that's what makes that really memorable. And the fact that, you know, he went up friendly and then elbowed him like that. I, I really love the use of slow motion in all this. Cause you know, they're not kicking in slow motion. Like they're really doing this but they're recording in slow motion. You're seeing it in slow motion. You can see all the imperfections, all the issues and all that sort of, it takes a lot of work. I think I've never done it. It just seems like, 
you know, if you're shaking the camera, like you see some crappy, you know, action movies, they shake the camera and the guy turns away really fast. And it's like, it doesn't look good. This slow motion, you know, what's going on. These guys know what it seems like. They know what they're doing. For sure, it seems like. And they're actually, a lot of those hits are actually hitting and connecting and landing. If you ever watch a Rocky movie and mute it, like don't have the sound on, you're going to see their fists missing faces over and over again. The sound totally makes you think that they're, that they're connecting, right? But like you said, when you see it in slow motion, you actually see what they're doing. You're seeing those feet connecting with sides. You're seeing fists hit heads and stuff. It's, it's a really cool, interesting way to, to do an action movie. I, yeah, that's, because you're absolutely right. These are actors. And when that scene, especially when they're kicking each other in the side, you see sweat and stuff just explode off because they're literally kicking each other. I, It's really good. I mean, I think that really helped elevate the movie to make it to be much more believable because of how legitimately filmed it was and how it seemed like they were really doing it really, really like full speed. For sure. I get a feel that maybe the same type of, um, you know, Chinese uh, fight choreography team that does like Jackie Chan's movies and stuff, you know that that stuff is all real too. They are totally hitting each other. Maybe not full speed. Maybe they pull their punches at the end, but they're totally hitting each other. So I bet the same type of guys, Yuan Wo Ping and his stunt team, you know, they were maybe the ones who helped in Bloodsport. Yeah. So my first lesson is... I should have done karate back when we went to a couple different karate classes when we were growing up. We never stuck with it. Should have stuck with it. I just, and so right now my boys are actually doing Taekwondo. It's fairly close. They can literally walk to the Taekwondo place. Um, I'd rather have them do karate personally, just because we're Japanese, but um, it's really close. And I figure, Hey, they could at least learn something, but uh, my boys are really loving it. They're going twice a week. They really, really love Taekwondo. I said, would you rather do flag football or Taekwondo? Like, can we do both? I'm like, uh, no, not at the same time. Said, well, we'll do Taekwondo for a little while. We've done flag football a lot, but we like Taekwondo. So I'm like, oh, cool. Let's do it. Good. I'm glad to hear that you're doing that. And I do remember, and I do feel rather, I mean, we were kids at the time. We'd rather just goof off, play games, video games, or whatever we were doing. But yeah, it would have been great had we have stuck with karate for another two or three years at least, just to get some basics, learn the katas, learn some discipline and stuff. I agree with you there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my first lesson is never turn your back on an enemy. And Ray Jackson thought he knocked Chong Lee down. He thought he won. He beat the toughest guy there. Turns around, Frank, oh, you know, raising his arms and stuff. It's such a bummer when that happens in a movie, right? And I guess it probably happens in real life, too. You're turning your back on an enemy. But learn from Ray Jackson. Never do that. So I had a little different take, not on the turn your back on your opponent completely agree with that but a different take on what what he did like he didn't think that he was already done or he was finished or he was knocked out or anything like he didn't think like that he wanted to showboat like chung lee does does you know um ray jackson does seem like he comes across as you know a little more not necessarily flamboyant but he's definitely doesn't shy away from the camera you know he really wants he loves energy and so he was trying to build up energy trying to showboat and so not he knew he thought man this is this is him i could take him out and so this he said thinking let me showboat now i can go back and take him on again which instead was just stupid and it goes to my first lesson is you keep going you keep going until the job's done i reminded me i as i literally just said this reminded me of another movie we have to put on the list is snatch snatch is a phenomenal movie love that movie brad pitt's in it and 
you see them boxing, like Brad Pitt's boxing, and one guy like you know punches Brad Pitt in the face, and the guy gets up and starts walking out. So, hey, stay till the job's done. And he's like, he's getting up, and then boom, punches him in the face. Exact same thing. You stay until the job's done. Cool. I love that. And it was also probably a little bit of overconfidence there too, allowing himself to feel like he'd already won the fight, even though it wasn't over. You got to wait till that little Chinese dude raises your arm in the air. That's when you know you've won for sure. Um, yep, so that's a, that's absolutely. a good lesson. I love that one, Dust. My second lesson is cheaters are losers at the end of the movie. Like cheating can get you the win. It can totally get you the win. But just in life, in general, when you get up to uh, see St. Peter at the pearly gates, he's going to look at you and say, loser, buddy. Chong Lee takes <laughs> out that salt tablet, flings it in uh, Frank Dukes' eyes. If Chong Lee won from that, yeah, sure, he won, but he's a freaking loser in real life, dude. Lo- winning by pulling off a stunt like that, you know? Good point. Yeah, losers are, or cheaters are losers. Now, there are some people that say, if you're not cheating, you're not trying to win. Like, like I, okay. Uh, They're sociopathic douches. That's a good point. <laughs> so my lesson that I had is I need to learn how to do the splits. Because it's phenomenal. I mean, what a party trick. You go to any party. Hey, put two chairs together side by side. Watch this. <laughs> Get up and then put your legs out. Can anybody else do this? Or you could say, I bet you I could do a splits between those two chairs. Who wants to bet me? <laughs> and then you do it. What a party trick. That's what it is. It's a prop bet. It's, it's a quick way for you to earn a little 50 or 100 bucks at a shot at every party you go to. And respect people are like no look at that for sure for sure (laughs) can you imagine what it would take i bet you you could look on youtube videos and see 40 year old learns the splits i bet you you could find that kind of stuff and i wonder how long it really would take like is it a month of dedicated trying to trying to stretch yourself out and I don't, I mean, I don't know. How long do you think at 41 dust you just turned 41 the other day how long do you think it would take you to do the splits I would say probably six months. I mean, it's just ligaments. You got to stretch them out and eventually stretch. Now, if you overstretch it too quick, it snaps, which would not be good. But your body's elastic and it'll, it'll come back. Um, it starts really elastic and then it shrinks in, you know. But here's the thing. It's not just the ability to stretch, to do the splits. That's not the only thing. In what Jean-Claude Van Damme does, it's the ability to have the muscles to hold your body up, your body weight up. Not just do the splits, but literally hold that up, which is stupid hard. Like you literally could not do that because your legs, like your groin muscles has to be so hard to be able to do that. That would take at least five years to be able to do that. For sure, man. Step one is getting one of those stretchy things built up. Have my sons yank on ropes and stretch me out. That's step one. And step two is building muscles. You're right about that. Yeah. So no, but that would be fun to be able to say, hey guys, Hey, who wants to bet me? All right, watch this. Hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> Go and do it. <laughs> That's right. Hey, what is the prop that you would take away from Bloodsport? The katana sword, by far. Like, hey, that's the katana from um, uh, Bloodsport. That, that's what I would have. I thought about that as well, but to me, that's not so iconic as Frank Dukes is in the final fight. Those black shorts with the red writing on the sides with the gold belt. I think I would like that as my final prop. Huh. Or uh, Ray Jackson's headband. I mean, his, that's pretty, his Harley pretty Davidson iconic. headband. His Harley Davidson. I can headband. go to the store and clothes. make that in thirty minutes, though. <laughs> you know. 
We have a Harley Davidson shop here in Fresno. I just got to go, and I'm sure they got some kind of a towel or kitchen towel. Also, it's just kitchen towel. Wrap it around my head. Bam, I'm done. (laughs) You know? Very cool. So what is... Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, What is your favorite, single favorite scene? Hmm. I guess it has to be the end scene with Chun-Li, because that is... Everything's culminating in that. Him trying to... like Everything is about him winning the Kumite, fighting for his uh, Sensei Shidoshi. Oh, which is another thing. Allegedly, um, nobody's ever heard of Frank Deuce's Shidoshi um, uh, Tanaka. Like, nobody's ever heard of him. He's never been around. All that sort of stuff. Like, uh, allegedly, it's it seems like it might be made up. But um, it, I think it was the end scene, but one that always sticks in my brain. It's a quick one, is him doing the dimak where he breaks the brick, you know, gets the bottom one and explodes. I'm like, what? That is so cool. But I doubt anybody could ever do that. But maybe they could. Maybe, maybe they could. Um, there were a few scenes that I really liked, and you just now mentioned the dim mock and breaking that bottom brick. I liked it when um, when Ray Jackson just picks up the one and smashes it with his head and hands it to the judge. That was a lot of fun. Of course, like you said, Chong Lee. You, you keep saying Chun Lee, but his name is Chong Lee. Chongli. Yeah, but you keep saying I'm Chun Li, like Street, Street Fighter. Fighter. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also had a lot of fun watching the uh the the chase scene with the with Forrest Whitaker and his partner chasing uh, him just through through Hong Kong. That's a lot of fun. It's also an overly it's dramatic the music too. The music helps. Yeah, it does. The music totally helps. Yes, it's also an overly dramatic scene when he's when he's riding on the bus. Night and night, and he looks over and sees in the mirror, or sees sees in the window, Chong Lee right there. And he looks over in some old lady or whatever it was. Like there's some small little scenes that always stick in my head that I really like a lot. But um, I think my favorite scene was, and I already mentioned it, him knocking out Hossein. Hossein goes, um, now I show you some trick or two. And then Frank Dukes doesn't say a word. All he does is let his feet do the talking, knocks him out in record time, and then walks away. Absolutely love like the badassness of Frank Dukes right there. That was brilliant. It was so, and now I show you some trick or two. Like that is so iconic. I literally remember that. That's like in my brain. Yep. Um, also, along with the brick breaking that Ray Jackson did, which was really, really fun. It wasn't just that he broke it on his head. That for me was fun. Was he goes, hey, you want to see me do this? And the guy goes, I know. Or Ray says, I know, bottom one, right? And so he just goes, Rah! <laughs> breaks the top one. And he goes, See, not a scratch on it. <laughs> the guy goes, <laughs> not, not dim mock. And he's all, well, neither is this. <laughs> yeah. So the whole the escalation of it, super fun. Totally, totally. And another thing about him, super fun. Um, when, when Forrest Whitaker and his partner comes up and he goes, who the hell are these scumbags? And he goes, stay out of this pal. And he goes, I ain't your pal, dick face. <laughs> I, I ain't that. your pal, dick, dick face. <laughs> that was so, so good. funny. Yeah. I've been okay. Here's a, a I'd be completely honest and transparent. I've been waiting my entire life to say that to somebody. Nobody's ever cal- called me pal. I've been literally waiting. I ain't your pal, dick face. <laughs> I've been wanting to, but nobody's ever called me pal, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You know what's so good? So we watched Deadpool 2. We talked about it in this, right? There's a scene where Colossus says, uh, Come quietly or there will be trouble. And Fire Fist and Deadpool both say, you stole that from RoboCop, right? They both say that at the same time. Wouldn't it be awesome if you finally got your chance? Somebody called you pal. You said, I ain't your pal, dick face. And someone else said, you stole that from Bloodsport. That would be, that would, that would blow my mind if that actually happened in real life. 
That would wow. be so funny. <laughs> yeah, that would. <laughs> I'll remember that. I'm, next time at Christmas when you come over, I'm going to have Dusty. Not Dusty. <laughs> I'm going to have Mason call you pal for whatever reason. And I'm just going to be lurking in the background and waiting to see if you pick up on it. Ain't your pal, dick <laughs> face. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to say that to Mason. That'd be, that'd be a little rough. Yeah. Um, well, the thing yeah, is, but man, it doesn't matter that Mason's your nephew. If you get that opportunity, you have to <laughs> you say have it to because it. it will be the funniest thing ever. I don't care, you know. You know, Mason will be fine because Mason will get the joke. He'll love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, that would be that would be so much fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, honestly, like no joke. I did not make this up. I literally been thinking about it. ever since I saw that. I was like, I want to say that to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Cool beans. Wow, Dust, we could go on and on about this movie. We absolutely love it. There's so many fun scenes that we didn't even discuss, right? But we just don't want to go on for too long. Is there any last well, well, I do have to bring up I do have to bring up one last thing. We 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 touch on it a couple times. The nut punching of what's what the big you know, sumo wrestler guy. Is it like it seems like you could do that to everybody. You can probably do that to anybody, not kick him in the nuts or something like that. But it's just because he's wearing that, I don't know, whatever, kilt, skirt type thing that he does it, which is just rather funny. And then slow motion of him. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to do it. Looking at his fist, like, oh, wide eyed and everything. I'm like, that is so funny. Like, I laugh every single time. Tell me what are your thoughts about that whole scene? I love that scene. And every time I see that, it also reminds me at the end when he gets blinded by the salt tablet and he's all wide-eyed and it's slow-mo. His arms are flailing around. And you said earlier, the slow motion in this movie is great. And yes, it is. Not only for the action scenes, but also for that stuff to really drive the point home with that nut shot or he's blind. You know, he doesn't know what to do. He's freaking out. Love the slow-mo. Yeah. So yeah, it's a great, great movie. Definitely. You know what? It has to be an A to A plus. I'm going to put it right around there and absolutely rewatchable. Everybody should watch the movie. Yep. 100%. And uh, it's of course, I was glad that you recommended it too. And I found it on Netflix for free. I mean, you can't beat Bloodsport on Netflix for free. You can watch it every single night. Binge Bloodsport twice, <laughs> twice a night if you want. It's such a good movie. So much fun yep. to watch. Alrighty, so everybody, thank you so much for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, thanks for those eyeballs as well. If you want to find us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel, go to watchandlearnpodcast.com slash YouTube. Hit that subscribe button right there. Of course, uh, thank you very much for listening. We, or you know our thoughts about Bloodsport. We would love to hear your Monday morning quarterback, your favorite prop, your uh, life lessons. We didn't do a Monday morning quarterback. Oh, I didn't come up with one, did you? No, I didn't come up with that. I just want to interrupt. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up, Dustin. I didn't. Well, I guess I brought it up yeah. too. <laughs> I should have. Yeah. I should have come up with the money more quarterback. I watched it so many times. But anyways, finish out your, your okay. spiel. So Sorry, we, dude. <laughs> we do want to hear your thoughts. So leave us a comment at watchandlearnpodcast.com slash bloodsport. And you can find us there, of course. All righty. Once again, my name was Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with. Did we talk about that yet? We haven't even talked about oh that one. Oh my gosh. Good call. We did it. So now Bloodsport was my episode. I, I was I was waiting because I was like, I think he's gonna skip over this. I, I was just did. I wanted So what is the movie that you want to pick? Because I pick Bloodsport. You pick Killing Gunther. Obviously, I am the better movie picker, it seems like. Gunther was bad. Bloodsport <laughs> was amazing. What is the next movie we're going to watch? Okay, the next movie we're going to watch is one that came out in 2017 called Brigsby Bear. Now, 
it seems like a really interesting comedy movie about a guy who's been locked up in a bunker for years. He grew up watching the same shows, but he's been locked up in a bunker by his parents for no good reason. He escapes the bunker, and then he wants to find more episodes of his favorite show, and it's his adventure through life after living like in a really closeted way for like 30 years or whatever. And it's made by the Lonely Planet guys, um, Phil Lord of, of, of Lord and Miller, who did the Lego movie and all this kind of stuff, right? It's there's a lot of good people behind the scenes, a lot of great actors in the show, and I'm I want to take a chance on this one. I'm hoping it's really good. Didn't they already make that movie with Brendan Fraser? Yes, they did. <laughs> that was a fun <laughs> actor. That would be a good one too. But I, I think this has that a different. A, I like that on one. It. Yeah. What was yeah, that? But movie it's a, I mean, same premise. It might be Blast from the Past, or I'm probably wrong with that name. But Brendan Fraser was in the, the movie where he was in a bunker. Oh, it had um, Christopher Walken in it. It literally had Christopher Walken in as the dad. Love Christopher Walken. That guy is such a great actor. Hilarious. Love watching him. But yeah, Brendan Fraser is in it. He comes out of the bunker. And he's all you know crazy and scared, and all, you know everything comes back to normal. Yeah, so maybe this is kind of an updated version of that. I don't know. This one came out in 2017, but I'm looking forward to it. Briggsy Briggsby Bear. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Once again, my name was Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with Brigsby Bear. Brigsby Bear.